All right, David, thank you so much for joining us today. This is uh, something that we've done in the past. So we've had uh, you know, a few in conversations. And uh, so thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's really cool to, to be able to chat with you in, in our, uh, I think, second in conversation for, you know, for this year. Yeah. So we really, really appreciate your time. Um, so I think before we, before we carry on, uh, David, you know, for those of, you know, for those of us, you know, for those people who aren't listening or who, you know, don't know you, yeah. um, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, um, a little bit of a background, and then we can, we can take it from there. Yeah. So if, if I, if I take a brief synopsis of, of who I am and where I've come from and, and where I'm heading, it's, it's, uh, it's quite complicated for myself, but um, you know, I, I started my life out in, in in the hospitality industry, and for for 35 years of my life, I was uh, a professional chef. I, I opened a, a string of of restaurants, um, sort of fine dining, but um, most of my restaurants I, I built myself uh, physically. I would uh, get an old building and um, twist it and turn it and and perfect it to to my sort of style of, of, of running a restaurant and also look and feel. Um, and as, as I, I progressed in, in this industry, you know, you, you get to a certain time in your life when you feel, you know, is this what I want? And, and, and the industry is incredibly difficult. It's, it's um, from a personal perspective, from a health perspective, from a family perspective, it, it eats away at every corner of your life. And spending, you know, 14 to 16 hours a day in a kitchen and, and my life just evaporated. You know, I wasn't there for my kids. I wasn't there for friends. I was, I was always having to work. And I started to relook at my life and I thought, you know what, I, 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 I'm going to take a, a serious detour now. And, and I always say that someone left that kitchen door open one day and, and I bolted and I, I didn't want to go back. And... In a way, I went out to, to search, you know, who am I? Who the hell am I? What makes me tick? Because from a really young age, I just got immersed into this industry and it absorbed me and it, it, it ate me up. And health-wise, it wasn't great. And, and, and relationship-wise and family-wise, everything was, was a bit of a mess. So I went out and looked at what would be the best way to introflect and, and to, you, you know, the weird thing was in the way... I wanted to see the damage that had happened around me and, and, and was I part of it because of my maybe selfish, self-centered career in, in chefing. Just I sort of got immersed into chefing in, in, in that, that stage of life where, where chefs started to become something. And um, without realizing it, your, your, your dedication to this just destroys everything around you. And then I started on my, my adventure career and it was amazing how the hours and hours of of wandering on your own gave you new perspectives and perceptions and 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 seeing life differently and I started to realize in this journey that the more I started to put my hand out to the others the more it started to heal me as an individual and I felt that I was actually quite quite a, a nucleus to, to, to the chaos around me. It was, it was actually me. And, you know, you're often always pointing away at someone else. And it's, it's when you come to that realization, that time that, you know what, I've got to do something about myself. I am the one that has to 
change. I've got to find real purpose in, in, in life. I've got to be able to deal with everything and through this process evolve. And that's got me to where I am in, in life now, this, this journey that, that I'm now on and have been embark, embarking on for the, the past 15 years. And this new journey has, has, been, has been unbelievable. It's been, in a way, healing to be able to share my story with other people. But, you know, the, the, the further I go down this road, the more I realize that it's actually, it's not what you do, it's who you are and the ability to be able to share as a normal person what I've been through, what I've faced. And we all face the same. We've all been through the same. And, and just, just to be real and, and bring yourself down to earth and just sit on a level with everyone else and say, you know what? I also cry. I also laugh. I also have family issues. I also stuff up. I'm, I'm just human. I'm just myself. And, and then we relate so much better with each other. You know, I've, I've stopped sort of trying to ta- chase the impossible and I, I am possible, you know, you know, it's all of us are. So, so that, that's where I'm sitting in the space of my life now. Okay. So I want to, I want to go back to, to sort of the story after, you know, sort of leaving the, the restaurant industry. It obviously has taken a huge amount of uh, self-awareness and a discovery of purpose. And, and I think, you know, purpose has always been a massive part of your life. Uh, you've, you've always been known as, as, as an extreme adventurer. And I want to go back to that. You, you were the first individual with uh, Brahm Malharaba to, to run the course of uh, you know, the Wall of China. And you've done some phenomenal, phenomenal things in your life. You know, take us through some of those stories and, 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 and what, you know, what, what drove you. I mean, it, there's got to be some incredible sense of purpose that gets you to do some of the crazy, crazy things that us mere mortals would, you know, would see as you know, you know, crazy. How did you discover that sense of purpose? It, it, it started um, basically, I weighed about 115 kilos and, and I wasn't in a good space. And I felt that, that I was just ambling along and, and being this self-destructive steamroller and taking other people in, in the wake of this, especially my family and my kids. And, and, you know, I think where it started was I actually was in a stage where I'd stuffed up. And you, you want to look someone in the eye and say to them, honestly, I'm sorry. And when you get to that stage, I think that gives you fundamental purpose. You, you go out now and say, you know what? I've got to rectify this for myself, for the people around me. And, and actually, I, I want to be of value to society. Although if I look back at my career as a chef, there were huge things that, that we did there. But... I think I needed to, to bring that little circle closer and, and do that thing where, where you say to your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your children, I'm honestly really, I'm sorry, you know, what happened or, or was it my fault? Was it not? And, and, and you start looking at that. And I think when you get to that stage and you start looking back at life, that yearning to find real purpose comes to you and, um, we have in, in the past discussed this. And, and when you find honest, real purpose, it, it gives you the ability to deal with, with anything. It really does because it's passion driven. It's purpose driven. And, and you've used the word resilience. And, and I think uh, passion and purpose come together and that gives you the resilience to deal with no matter what you face. Because in the back of your head, it's not for me anymore. There's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I remember on the wall when I got back, 
um, Professor Wayne Derman, who was my mentor, you know, mentally and, and physically in that. And he said to me, he said, I can guarantee you, if you did the wall just for yourself, you would not have got to the end of it. You did it for a reason bigger than yourself. And I think a lot of us in life, if we look and you take yourself out of the equation and that word purpose, that becomes central and fundamental to who you are and why you do what you do. It, it enables you to, to take on these challenges. And as you say, the, the war was massive and, and it was, everything was thrown at us. And then it was uh, the run of the whole coastline of South Africa which was actually amazing at its time as well, because it was just coming back to my own country and seeing how we were embarking on this massive road of, of change as South Africa. And, you know, looking through all these coastal communities and seeing how people themselves were trying to find purpose in the new South Africa and deal with life and change. And, and you know, some roads were, were the right ones taken, others were disastrous and we've seen the consequences. But it was a nice to experience this as I, as an individual, as a South African, as a father was going through this. Yeah, I come back after being through China and realizing what I had to do myself. Yeah, I get immersed into my own country and I'm starting to see this unfold as a, as a new young country and, and, and how that journey has, has taken us. And then I paddled across to the island of, of Madagascar from, from the coast of Africa and you arrive there immersed in a country caught in a time warp that had been through, through so many uh, um, different uh, governments and, and countries ruling it and raping and pillaging the country of its all natural resources and everything. And here's now Madagascar also coming out of this, this hole and, and, and evolving and developing. They, they were in civil war at the time when I got there, I think it was in 2010. And the president was in exile in South Africa. And just to see how the Malagasy people were unfolding and, 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 and evolving, it, it, it was quite a, quite a trip. And then from Madagascar, I, I, I ended up um, running India from, from north to south, uh, starting in Kashmir. And, you, you know, that journey as well was, if I look at Madagascar, there, there was probably physically the hardest journey I've ever been through. I had malaria, bilharzia, you know, just things just went chaotic. Then I get to India and India becomes the hardest mental journey I've ever been through. And, you know, often in life, it's not the, the, the experiences itself, it's the people who change your life. I said that in the beginning when you reach out to someone. And in India, I met so many deeply spiritual people who, who look at the demise of humanity around them and they still see light at the end of it. They come to terms. It was amazing. You get these guys and they say, look, here, there's nothing you can do about the external things in your life. But if you can just step back for once or twice, reset yourself and, and come to peace with yourself and then go out and deal with the impossible things occurring around you. It gives you clarity and sanity to look at it in a better way. And I think that journey of India gave me a lot of that ability with the work that I'm now doing in, back home in South Africa, working in the informal settlements, predominantly uh, setting up medical uh, infrastructure and, and medical facing projects. Uh, it, it gave me that ability to sometimes deal with stuff that I would come back to the office 
cracked and in, in tears and you, and you say to the other guys like, how can you sit here and you don't know what the hell's going out there? You're stuck in this bubble. And I'd fight with, with the, the corporate guys back and, and then leave the office in a huff and head back out and just do something and you know, get it done and come back and suffer the consequences later. But um, I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing now a little bit later. But just to go back, I mean, you've, you've done some incredibly, you know, some things that have, you know, required massive, massive, I think the word that comes to my mind is grit. And Angela Duckworth has done a lot of research and she described it as passion and perseverance over a long period of time. Is there, can you describe a situation, you know, what's the darkest hole that you've been in? Where, where that sense of purpose, what, what goes through your head in, in, in one of those moments where you really feel like there's nothing else that you can give? What goes through your head in a moment like that that gets you out of that hole? You know, what was the experience? <clears throat> the, the, the weird thing is, is the mind's incredible and those, um, those holes fade very quickly and, and they always get that silver ring around it of, of getting out of it, that sort of success thing. You just see that glow. But, but w when you're in, in that hole, I think one of the biggest things to me was not to let anyone else down. <clears throat> I'd come on this journey. I'd made a promise to a certain group of people that through this journey, I'm going to get to the other end. And because of getting there, I'm going to make a difference in your life. So a lot of the times, and Andrew, who, who I've done six events with me, we, we, we were sitting in, in, in China in one of these holes. We were contemplating of giving up. This was the second run of the Great War. And we both had tendonitis. He was so bad, he ended in hospital. And he came out of crutches. Sure. And he sat there and, and he, said, he said, you know what? This journey is not about us. It's about the people we've made a promise to. We cannot let them down. And it's, it's those moments at the back of your mind, you, you, you say, you know what, it's not about me. It's got nothing to do with me. I've made a promise, I've made a commitment, and I must see it through. And I think so often that grit and that in our personal lives is, is so important. And, and, you know, I remember that this one guy saying to me in India as well, he says, if you have reason for why you are suffering, it's no longer suffering. It's so true. And every time I get into these holes and I think, you know what, I've got a reason why I put myself in here. I'm going to get out of here. And it's not as bad as I think I can get out of here because I've got a reason why I have to get out. And it's, it's, those, it's those moments in your life that, that, that grit comes through and you just become the stubborn, dog-headed individual that gets up and waddles off in, a, in oblivion and in a daze. No, it's, 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 it's crazy what happens there. David, you've always said that uh, building or, or having the right people around you has always been sort of the cornerstone to your success. Now, it's, it's not an easy thing to surround yourself with the right people to, to build great teams and to build, you know, the right kind of culture, you know, that enables success. You know, so if you look back at your restaurant days where you've created some, you know, phenomenal establishments and and to the work that you do right now, what would you say is the key to building great teams and to getting a team of people mobilized behind a, a vision and a purpose that works? How do you go about creating that kind of culture? 
you, it, it was weird at, at hotel school. My, my hotel's crew that I worked with were normally the kids that were going to be chucked out of Silwood's college or they were going to be thrown out of hotel school. They were the hooligans. And I would often go and sit with the lecturers. And I said, I, I want to meet those kids. I, I want to interview them. And it's, it's a child like that who has initiative. I just look for people with initiative. If you say to them and you give them something to do and they will sit there and at no matter what, they will find a way to do it. And those are the type of people that, that you can really build on. Of course, you need, you need certain specialities, but it's weird. My, my circle of <laughs> my crew have always been a bunch of renegades that you throw them in a hole and I tell you, they find their way out of it. So, so I love that, that spark and, and that, that drive and that, that passion that's sitting in someone and everyone around them thinks they're failures. You just got to give them that little bit to say, you know what, I believe you can prove that you can be successful. So in, in, in my kitchen, I had these chefs and that, they, they turned out to be amazing. You know, I'm still in contact with them. And a lot of them have their own businesses now and they've, they've done really well, but we worked hard together. We played hard together. And if I said to the guys, guys, we're going to work straight through for two nights now. We've got this huge wedding to do. The guys are there. And the same with the crew on these adventures. We, you know, everyone thinks you plan an adventure down to the, the last bit. And I suppose that's why I need people that are a bit mull around me because we know where we're going to start. We know where we're going to get at the end. We know where we want to end up. In between, I don't know where the hell we're going, but it's just believe in each other's ability and, and we get there. And, and, and that's why I love adventuring because that's the type of mind I have. Um, you know, with food, with everything, it's, it's creative, it's passionate, it's like gung-ho, and we, we always were pushing the limits. And, and that's sort of the way I'm, I suppose I'm not normal. <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. In, in the research that I've done in terms of creating great teams and, and what leaders do, I think, you know, you've hit the nail on the head is that you've taken individuals who, you know, perhaps in their own minds didn't see, you know, a great sense of future or, 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 or a, a vision beyond what they were experiencing right now. And you've given them a sense of hope and you've given them a sense that they, a preview of success in the future and that you could help take them there, you know, if, if they went along this journey with you and, and, uh, it's, it's amazing that you've been able, and, and I know that when we chatted last, um, you mentioned that you still keep in touch with some of those individuals who you used to work with uh, back then. Can, can you describe any of those success stories of people that you, that you, that you uh, took through that journey and, and what they're doing now? Yeah, they, 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 there's a, um, a guy, um, Leon, who, who was, he came from Gauteng and he was working at a caddy at the golf course. And he walked across to me like three times. He says, I want to work at this restaurant. I looked at this guy and I thought, there's no ways, Oak. <laughs> you do it like a caddy here. How can I train you? And he was so persistent. Eventually I said, okay, guy, you've got the graft. And he's, he worked with us. He ended up being one of the managers at the restaurant. And he's now running a, a, a decent business um, uh, in a different industry. But he learned the basics there. I've got... Uh, Another guy who, who also ended up, he, he just got a John Platter and he wanted to work at a top restaurant as a waiter. He looked in John Platter, came up with, with my restaurant. 
He came and he says, I want to work for you. So I said, well, you know, no, no, you just work here and there. And uh, kept pushing him aside and thought, okay, you've got the guts and the grit to keep persevering. Join the crew. He also ended up, and he's running his own businesses now across the country, still in the food game. He ended up there. <laughs> Andy, my, one of my best mates, um, who adventures with me now, and he ended up running two of my restaurants. He, he came to an interview. One of my partners picked him up and brought him to my main restaurant. He said, this kid's got a problem. He reeks of booze. My wife and I had to drive with the windows. I was feeling nauseous. So we did the interview, and then he said to Andy, look, get out. I want to speak to David. He says, David, this kid's got a problem. I can work with him. I said, I said listen, yeah, this guy probably partied through the night. He got up. He still came to the interview. He sat here through it. This is the guy we must employ. So he said, okay, it's on your back. We employ him. And, and you know, we've done so much together now. <laughs> you know, it's funny how you meet guys and, and, and it's, it's that personality that, that, that clicks. You know, I, there's a saying like, I take pe- people that have got more courage than common sense. And <laughs> we, we make things happen. I think those are, those are amazing stories. I think you have, a, you have a really, really good ability to, to be able to see the best in people and to extend trust. And I think what tends to happen when we extend trust is that people live up to, to their expectation that you've placed in them. And I think that you've, you've, uh, you know, you've, you've just made that work so well so many times in your life with the teams that you've, uh, that you've created around you. Um, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, along the journey that you've, you've made a couple of mistakes along the way. If you had to, to do things differently, if you had to, to change things up, what, what are some of the major things that you've learned, you know, along the journey so far? You know, I, um, I'm, I'm very, very spontaneous and I have a, a mind that, 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 that doesn't stop. And the only thing I would probably change is just slow down a little bit with some of my <laughs> my ideas. But um, the the problem is that if someone says to me, you can't do it, that's when I say, stuff you. I don't prove I can. And that's probably, uh, it, it, it's a good, it's a good uh, uh, trait, but it's also a bit of a, a downfall. I, I, yeah, but... In, 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 in saying that, I, I think it's, it's probably a, a strength as well is, is never giving up on, 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 on proving that something can be done and finding a way to do it. But maybe just, just slow down a, a little bit and think twice instead of <laughs> acting impulsively. So that's probably... probably. All right. <laughs> Sometimes what, what, not what, say what, what I... What's most important to you, David? I mean, if you had to look at some of your values, some of the things that are most important to you, in your life, what, what are the what are the values that drive the decisions that you make? You know, um, the the biggest value is is most of the stuff I do is always centered around someone around me, and some of those impulsive decisions, um, you know, as I said, sometimes end up uh, not being the best ones. But you know. Me, me my, my biggest value and, and, and things is, is, is that belief and trust in, in the person that, that you're with. And, and I think if, if you trust someone and you give them the, the, the space and the freedom to express themselves, 
nine times out of 10, your relationship with that person and the relationship with what, what, with what you're trying to achieve is successful. It's all about trust and, you know, and, and, and respect. You spend a lifetime building respect and you can throw it away in an instant. You do one little thing wrong and, and you know, it's, you've earned this life of respect in that, but you can, you can stuff it up so quickly and, and just remain true to that value. You know, respect others as, as, as you expect that respect to come back and be honest and, and truthful with people and, and, you know, just speak the truth. You, then you don't have to cover up anything. That's, it's so important. I got, I got two more questions, David, and then we're going to wrap things up. You, you know, you, you, you come across as, as somebody who is not afraid to, to be vulnerable, to admit that, uh, that you need help, uh, to admit that uh, you've made some mistakes. Now, has there ever been a moment where, where you have not made the right decision in, in a team or where you have uh, reached a situation where you don't know the way forward and you've, and you've asked for help. How did that work out? You know, um, going to answer that, going back to, to Andrew, because of my sort of um, hard-headed sort of way that I deal with life, one, one of the biggest things that, that I learned through adventuring with him was actually the, the, the slow realization, I'm saying slow because it took me a while to realize this, that it's okay to sit back and say, Andy, seriously, I stuffed up and I, I'm sorry, Oak, I'm sorry. And do you know what a relief that is? That, that you, you're not always right, although you might be the team leader or the, or, or, or the entrepreneur, whatever, you, you need to, what you say, you need to fail to become stronger in your next step of success. And you need to be able to admit you failed. And I think a lot of that, a lot of us feel that it's, it's not right to admit failure in that. And um, as I've progressed further in life, I, I ask for my advice more often and I admit um, my errors more often. And I've been able to see what my limitations are. When I was younger, I, I refused to see that I had any limitations and I try to be the jack of all trades. And now I have the ability, I'm mastering what I'm best at because I've realized that I have vulnerable areas and areas that I, if I pursue that, I will fail. I need help there. And that's when I reach out and ask for that help. Some of the things that I've got from, from this discussion so far uh, is, so, so some of the major lessons I'm learning is, is grit, you know, passion and perseverance over time is, is something that's really you know, important, you know, if, if we're going to, to enjoy success. And I think you've been a, an incredible example of that. The other thing that I've taken out of this conversation is, uh, is uh, that, that vulnerability is actually a major, major strength. And that if we're going to build successful teams and, and uh, you know, create a successful network around us, that, you know, one of the most important characteristics of great leaders is to, is to admit, you know, I've stuffed up, I need help. And I think you've been a great example of that as well. Um, COVID, you know, we're still in the midst of, of COVID and it's been a really, really challenging time for a lot of people out there. Um, and I don't think that we're going to be out of this you know, situation for another couple of months still. Uh, for those individuals listening and who are going through a tough time, who you know, may have lost jobs, who are struggling with their relationships, who are 
you know, feeling that that uh, they can't really, you know, hack it and, and make it in the next little while. What what would you say to them? You know, I I feel what COVID's done. It's it's actually drawn open the curtain on so many vulnerable aspects of our lives that we've refused to actually interflect and look at. And decisions that we made that we're living by, they're all coming to the forefront now. And it's the ability to deal with this now and move on. And it's actually, I think it's a perfect time and a scenario for all of us to reset and to actually challenge ourselves in the way that we are living our lives and how we have been living them and ask ourselves, you know, am I still relevant the way I'm carrying on? Are we still relevant the way we're doing things? And I think it's a good opportunity. We, we, we need to take, take the positive out of this because, you know, for the foreseeable future, things are, are going to be like this. And we have to learn to adapt, evolve and change in this new scenario. And it's very difficult because as human beings, we, we feel touchy people in that. So I think it's, it's, it's if, if we can interflect and find what our little Achilles heels are and where we've been going wrong, because as we all know, everything's just been going at this radical pace. You can hide your errors and flaws in that. You just move on to the next thing. Now it's, uh-oh, those fissures and cracks and crevices are opening and they're sucking us in. And, it's, and, and most of us are, are in these difficult positions because we, we're fighting to admit to our personal uh, flaws and failures and that. And I think it's a good time for us to, to look at that and, and to talk about it. Hell, to talk is so, is so amazing. It's, it's such a great thing just to sit down and it gives people time in small groups now to do that. And I think it's, it's, it'll be a great healing for us to be able to, to realize that we're all in the same boat. We all, as I said in the beginning, laugh, cry, succeed, fail, and realize that we're not all superheroes. We, no matter what I've achieved in life, I'm, I'm still basically a father, a son, a brother, and I do mess up. And I need to stand up and pick myself up again to, to climb that next little peak I have. Because our Everests aren't out there anymore. These Everests are personal little Everests we've got to conquer in order when those doors are open again, we can go out there and achieve the impossible. But we've now got to get ourselves straight. And I think it's a wonderful time. Sit back, chill, and sort ourselves out, including me. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's, that's another great lesson or, or something, uh, you know, another key takeaway that I've taken away from our discussion today is, is that self-awareness. And, I, and, it, and it, it's, uh, it strikes me that as you've, you know, gone along this journey, you know, you've uh, had a lot of time to look inside of yourself and to, and to become more self-aware and to realize, you know, how your thoughts drive your actions and, and how that influences other people. And I think it's a great, you know, probably one of the key skills of leadership is, you know, is, is increasing self-awareness. And I, I think you've, uh, you're, you're, you're on that path to, to making that happen, you know, really well in your life. And, uh, we appreciate your time today, David. Thank you so much for, no, thanks. for, for thanks. joining us. I think it's, there's been some really key takeaways from, from today's discussion. Maybe one last thing as we go, what, 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 you've, you've done some amazing things. What is, what, is, what is David doing in the future? What are you, what are you planning next? 
You know, um, a lot of what I'm, I'm doing at the moment is, is massive projects in, in peri-urban South Africa and shack settlements, as I mentioned earlier, is, is rolling out really basic primary healthcare and access to medications outside of state facilities, assisting communities to decant these services so, so that, you know, there's not this congestion and, and, and lack of access to, to medical care. And, and it's, it's, it's been really difficult, but it's been an amazing journey and we're starting to hit a uh, big success with this. So, so that is, is what the nucleus, the core is of what I'm doing. But in order to create awareness and raise funds in that, you know, every now and then you need to go off and wander because <laughs> I think one of my kids said to me, Long ago, they said, Dad, why do you do this? So I said to them, look here, there's so many people out there looking for assistance and help. Unless you do something stupid, no one's going to listen to you. And by doing something stupid, someone listens to you and finally you get into that corporate boardroom. You say, come, I need your money. <laughs> I can do something good with it. So, yeah, that's, but yeah, it's just, it's it's helping rebuild this country. And, and uh, you know, I'm, as a South African, I'm putting up my hand. I'm saying, you can count on me. I'm going nowhere. I'm going to make a difference in this country. And I want this country to be a place that rocks for the future. And uh, that's, that's my dream and goal is to be one of those bricks rebuilding the fundamentals of this country. David, it seems like a sense of legacy is, is also something that is really, really important to you. And, and all of these projects that you're involved in, uh, you know, speak to that sense of legacy that you want to leave behind? What's the one thing that you want to be known for on this planet? Giving someone else the ability to prove they can make a difference. I think um, for me that's important because we need the, the youth and who's ever coming up through the ranks to be able to do this. And if, if I have been a catalyst to unlock someone else as initiative to make a difference in the country. I think for, for me, that's, that's more than anything. Some other kid that can run out there and hold up the flag and saying, you know, I love this country. I'm going to make a difference and I actually care. And I think that's important is, is, is we're losing a lot of that, the caring and, and, and respect for each other uh, as, as things are, are evolving. But, um, you know, COVID's giving us, a, <laughs> it's resetting our moral, to true north, as I say, and if every one of us can reset that moral compass, the rest falls in place. David, thank you so much for your time today. You're, you're an incredible inspiration to me and, and many other people around the world and uh, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a great thank pleasure. And thanks, thanks to the chat. I, I found it uh, enthralling myself and it was, it was nice speaking to you. It was great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks.